or in the series we're calling We Are Family. And, you know, really what it, we're talking about and where we're going with this and what was stirring in our hearts about, you know, what God wanted to bring out is just a re-examination of what church is all about, you know? You know, you, you know how you can get doing things, you know, repetitively for weeks, months, years, you know, forever kind of stuff. And you can, you can lose significance. You can, you can get into this paradigm that isn't reality. And, and, you know, over time, you know, you know, it's just like giving. Like, you know, Pastor Stephen shared about giving this morning. You know, we've been givers, you know, our whole Christian life. I didn't give before I was a Christian. You know, never thought of that, I guess. But anyway, or maybe gave in a different way, but not to church. But, um, but you know, you can, you can just become so systematic with things. And, and, you know, it's almost one of the dangers of, of, you know, believe me, I'm not against it, but it is a danger, and I remind myself of this because it's so easy to give nowadays. You know, I, you know, I, I usually give on my, my phone, and I'm, I'm like going to the bank and making a deposit, and I'm in, in line, I'm, I'm doing my phone thing and giving to church, and it can just become like this ritual, this thing that has no power. And, and we need to, whatever we do, we need to have our hearts in them. You know, we need to engage life from the inside out. And as we come to church, we don't want just this just to be an event. We don't want this just to be like, well, another thing. I check off my list. I've been to church. Yeah, did that. Anyway, whatever, you know, not to get in some mental box that's not really what God really intends. And, and as we, we come together... The, 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 the line that comes to me is that church is not some business, but church is about family. Church is a family. God is about family. You know, God was, was into creating families before anything. You know, back in the garden, he created family. You know, and, 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 and he, church is, is, is God's way of bringing us together and, and uh, bringing the life through each other that we all need. So anyway, here's a couple things I wanted to read to you. One is this is a, this is not my Bible. This is the Urban Dictionary. Let me. I just thought it was interesting the definition they had for family. I can. I'll bring it to you. It says a group of people, usually of the same blood, in parentheses, but do not have to be, who genuinely love, trust, care about, and look out for each other. Isn't that good? That's church. A group of people that, that, that ne- don't necessarily, actually we are under the same blood, you know? We're under the blood of Jesus. And, and uh, we've come together, we love each other, look out for each other. Not to, be stake, not to be mistaken with relatives sharing the same household who hate each other. All right, that is not church, okay? That is not the family we're talking about. Real family is a bond that cannot be broken by any means. So... I, I read that and I said, wow, that's really cool. That's really the heart of what we're talking about. This is what church is. It's family. It's coming together. It's holding each other up. It's believing with each other. It's praying for each other. You know, we get people that, that text us or message us through the week with needs they're going through. I had one text me, you know, when we were in, on vacation and, and they were going through a need. And, and we, did, we couldn't run to the assistance, you know, of, of the person. But we, even in another state, you know, we were in, Dan and I were in Oregon, um, we prayed. And yesterday I got a message back. They said, wow, it's so cool. Everything worked out, you know. We had to push through, but God was faithful and worked through. And God, God's got us, folks. 
Um, here's another one I wrote down this week. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I sent you this one, but, um, and I don't know who said this, but said family is important because it provides love, support, and a framework of values to each of its members. Family members teach each other, serve one another, share life's joys and sorrows. Families provide a setting for personal growth, and family is the single most important influence in a child's life. So, you know, it's an environment. It's coming together, you know, family, church, you know, it's a time to come together where we got each other's backs, Okay. Church, talking about love church here, talking about the church of God, you know, everywhere really, you know, is a safe place. This is what we desire here is this be a safe place. You can come and be you and we're going to love you and accept you. You can be going through stuff, you know. Sometimes people have this mentality too about going to church that, that they've got to have everything together to go to church. Well, no, you don't, okay? And if that were the truth, You'd be not seeing me many times, if ever, if ever, you know. You can come here. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, we don't, we don't ever, you know, try to grab for the best, you know, as we go to church or whatever, or comb your hair or whatever. I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying this, that families pull together when there's a need, okay? And you don't need to run and isolate yourself if you're going through a hard time. Come, come and get around people. I know it can be the hardest thing in the world to do. But come and get around people and let be loved, okay? In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, Paul's praying here for the church, and he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I love that, that there's a, there's a family of God that's in heaven, you know, we probably know people that are there in heaven even right now. They're part of that family. But the same way, there's a family here on earth, a family of God. He's got a family here. You're part of that family if you're in Christ. Um, so it's worldwide. It's worldwide. It goes beyond that. It even goes to heaven. And this family, we have a connection. I know, have you ever been on a missions trip? Many of you have. And, and if you haven't, be sure to have a passport in case God speaks to your heart and, and you'll be ready to go. You won't have to, to put the rush on the passport to get it, okay? And, and uh, <laughs> anyway, you go, you go to some other part of the world that you've never been. I know Mark Dunn has told me about being in, 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 in uh, Uganda. He was in Uganda and he had been in Tanzania, you know, sh sometime before that, like a couple months before that. And there he was in Uganda and somebody at a gas station said, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark. You know, they call everybody pastor there. Pastor Mark. And here, here he is. You know, you, you, know, you think you, got, you can walk through Walmart here in Menominee without seeing anybody. You'd certainly think you could go get gas in Uganda and not run into somebody you know. But they're calling him out because he's part of the family. There's this bond. You know, they didn't grow up together. They didn't hang out together. They, they were only in each other's lives for a few moments, really. But there's this bond because we're part of the family of God. We have a connection. Are you following me this morning? You know, uh, as a study for this, you know, I, I, I realize, you know, it's not just laid out in Scripture like, bam. Let's read the book of Philippians or something. But it's in there. It's interwoven through the whole thing. And, and there's, there's, a, there's things I believe that God has just kind of given me vision and given you vision of what he sees us to be here on planet Earth. And, and uh, 
All right, so, you know, I want to I mention this again, too, that, 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 that God doesn't want you to be alone, okay? God in, never intends any of us to be alone. As we go through life, there's, there's things that we face that every single person, I don't care how superhuman you are, what a super spiritual person you are, I don't care if you pray, you know, 10 hours every day. You know, maybe you pray more than that. You know, you pray unceasingly. Uh, maybe you've read your Bible, you know, through your Bible every, every week or something. That's incredible if you do that, you know. But uh, uh, in any case, I don't care who you are, how spiritual you get, you're going to run into things in life that you need people, okay? We need each other. We're not so strong. You know, we're strong and we can do all things through Christ, but I'm telling you what, he designed it that we'd work together. That would stay plugged in together. Isn't it interesting? You know, we're talking about church being a family. You know, there's also great, great length the scripture goes through to talk about the church as being a body. And how a body, you know, you know, a single part of a body is cool, but cut off and by itself, it dies. It becomes useless, you know. And so the same way, we need to be connected. There's a quick story here in Exodus 17. You know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on here. It's the Old Testament. They're at, they're at war at the time, and they're, they're in a fight. And Amalek came, it says, and fought with Israel at, at Repidim. And Moses ordered Joshua, select good men for us to go out and fight Amalek. And tomorrow I'll stand on top of the mountain holding God's staff. So here's the deal. They're at, they're at a war, and Moses says, you know, while this thing's going on, I'm going to go stand up here on this hill, and I'm going to hold the staff of God. And, and as he did that... They had supernatural ability, it was like, and they were just, they were just, they were winning the fight that they were in. But as the day wore on, I mean, you know, Moses was, was, was up there, and, and he, it got long, you know, sometimes, you ever try to hold your hands up during a worship service the whole time, you know? All of a sudden, you know, third songs come around, you're going, you know, I mean, good night, you know, you, you know, arms and stuff, they, they, they react funny. You know, I remember even trying to put my hand, arm around Dana through a whole service one time, and, and my arm was falling asleep at one point, you know, and wasn't wasn't very romantic, you know, I have my arm around. Anyway, but I mean, we're human beings, and Moses' arms were getting tired, and so I'm not reading this, but I'm telling you this story is what they did is they sent these two guys, Ben and Her, okay? Yeah, oh no, Aaron and Her. Uh, ben and Her was another movie, but... <laughs> I'm waiting for this one to come out. Aaron Hur. No, these two guys. So you know what they did? They went up there and they held, they got on either side of him and they helped him hold his arms up. I mean, you know, your one assignment in life is to hold your arm up and hold a rod and you're getting tired doing it. You know, you, you hear it when, when, when the assignments are given out, you think, cool. You know, I'm not, I'm not fighting. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just standing up here holding the rod up. I can do that. But you get weary doing it through the day. You know, whatever God assignment he gives you to do, I'm telling you what, you need the strength of your brothers and sisters to come along. We need each other. Ephesians chapter 4. These new times, you know, my head still has to get adjusted to service uh, being at 830. You know, for, for a number of years, I, I could, you know, glaze back there at the clock, you know, and, oh, yeah, I got this much time. I don't know what it is. It just messes with my head, you know. So if we preach till 11 or 12, we'll kind of know when there's people out in the foyer there looking at us like, hey, what's going on? No. 
any case, Ephesians 4. I was reading this, and, and uh, what stands out to me is, again, things that God wants to get done as we come together. As we plug in, as we're a part, okay, of a church, as we're a part of the body of Christ, as we're, you know, I just remember, you know, when I got, when I got born again, you guys remember when you got born again? And, 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 and you know, it was like I, I, it was a big transition in my life. And it, it was like the, the friends that I had that I hung out with, they were great people. You know, I grew up with them and still friends with some of these guys today. Uh, but we didn't hang out as much anymore because I was just going this other direction, you know. And, and I, I remember talking to God about it because something inside me craved other people that believed like I did. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was so happy to be born again. I was cool. I had, had a Bible. Couldn't really read it. But actually, my grandmother, my grandmother was like 99 years old when I got saved. And she died like a few months later. But she sent me her living Bible. And it wasn't, you know, even a translation. It was a paraphrase. But I was like, wow. I can read this thing. Honestly, you know, when I, I, I had that one, I'd been trying to plow through the old King James one, you know. And it was good. I was getting life out of it. And, and uh, it was very poetical, and that was kind of cool. But I got that Living Bible. I felt like I was cheating. <laughs> you know? I felt like I was cheating. Like, what? I, could, I can understand this, man. <laughs> you know? But don't quit praying. Don't pr quit asking the Holy Ghost to show up when you're reading the Bible because that's really who makes it alive. That's really who takes things and goes, yeah. But I remember I, I, I had my Bible and I was, you know, finding a church and everything. But, but I craved, like, relationship. I craved connecting with other people. And I remember talking to God about that. And, and, and I just said, hey. You know, I need some friends. I need some people that I can connect with. And I remember just going to him in my childlike innocence, you know, because, I, I, again, I just coming into all this stuff. And I just said, well, you're the one who created me, and you can satisfy me and all this thing, stuff. And I believe this, that you can bring me into a place of connection. And, and he did that. It was amazing. And, and it seemed impossible. You ever stand there and pray for things, and they just seem impossible, but then you walk them out. You just keep you know, what do you mean you walk them out? I mean, you just keep going in life, and a little bit of time passes, and you're like, wow, everything has changed. Do you know that things can change in life? We actually had a call. We had more calls on vacation. <laughs> we had a call the other night on vacation of somebody that got hurt, dramatically hurt, like, 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 like to the point of screaming and, and, and whatever, you know, and crushed hand. And, and uh, you know, just was like the kids were, were calling us, and, and, and uh, it's actually a board member. And, and they said, wow, we've never seen Dad in this kind of pain. He's, like, got his hand caught in an elliptical machine. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> like punctured something or whatever. And, and, and uh, we're like, oh, okay, and blood is squirting and <laughs> all this stuff. It looked like, a, looked like it punctured right into the hand itself and and you know we, we prayed and they prayed and you know I don't know how much maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes went by 30 minutes went by and we got another message thank God for messages and and uh, they said wow it's like everything changed 
everything's okay. And, and uh, it was like dramatic change. Things can change. You can be at one moment going, ah, you know, I don't know what you do. You jump around and you're doing, you know, you know what I mean? You get hurt. I do. I jump around. Makes Dana laugh every time I get hurt, you know? I could tell stories, but I won't. Anyway, but, but things can change. So I remember just praying in it, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden God brought people into my life, people from my church that, you know, I went to a big church too. It was like, you know, a couple thousand people. And how do you meet people in a big church? How do you connect? God can connect you if you're open, if you're open. I remember the first person that I connected with in the big church I was going to, you know, um, it, it, it was somebody and, and that, 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 you know, God connected me with them, and, and they were so different from me, you know. In my mind, when I prayed, I thought there, God was going to send, you know, people that were just like me, and, and, and this person that God connected with me with was somebody that I'm sure we wouldn't have hung in the same group in high school, you know what I mean? And they, they called me up once and said, hey, you want to go bowling? And I said, bowling? You mean you actually throw the ball down the lane? I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that, you know. But, it, you know, it stretched me beyond where I was. You know, Dana had, Dana had a story, too, where she got saved, and she used to live in this Christian boarding house, and they all went to the same church across the street from the, the, the house that they lived in, and they, there was like this big mansion, and they all had their own room, but they shared the, the, the kitchen and the, the living room. And, and so uh, I used to hang out. That's where I met Dana. And, and I didn't live there. But uh, she said she was, she was in that same place and praying to God for friends. And, and actually one of the people in the house was, was right there when she was praying. And, and, and she said, Dana said to her, she says, I just need some friends. And this person looked at Dana and said, well, I'll be your friend. And, and Dana thought, oh, okay. And, you know. It was just different, and, and this person turned out to be like a lifelong friend. It turned out to be somebody that was precious, that was a treasure. Sometimes we can get such stereotypes of how God is going to meet our need, especially in an area like this, that we miss great opportunities, great opportunities. There's people here in this body that, man, they're, they're the answer to your need. Ephesians chapter 4, did you guys turn there or flip there, push the button, whatever? Uh, verse 11, it says, he gave himself, he, uh, and he himself gave up some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And read a couple more verses. It says that we should no longer be children. You know, children are a joy. You know, isn't it? Wasn't it exciting to hear there's an, another baby coming into the family here? I mean, I I don't know about you guys. I was excited. <laughs> I thought, cool. Yeah, I like this. Children are great, but children grow up, and God intends for us as children, as people, to grow, to grow. Maybe, you know, like me, you've been saved for a few decades. Some people probably have been saved longer than I have. But, but God still wants us to grow. He wants us to grow. He said that we should no longer be children tossed 
to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. You know there's a lot of winds of doctrine out there? You know, if, if, if all you did is watch TV, you know, on, on, I don't even know what Christian channels are out there now. I don't watch a lot of Christian TV. I watch Sinner TV. I don't know. But, but <laughs> anyway, um, but, but, you know, if you just watched Christian TV, you could hear so many different flavors. I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm telling you there's a lot of winds of doctrine. And I'm telling you this, you'll get established and you'll get stable as you plug into a church body, into a church family. I, 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 I shouldn't knock TV. I, 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 I mean, there's people watching by, by Facebook probably this morning, and it's great. You know, thank God for technology. You know, but I'll tell you what. After a while, there's only so much technology you can handle. You need to get out there with flesh and blood, okay? I, I mean, when Dane and I were missionaries in Haiti, you know, uh, not singing a sad song here, we were thrilled when one of our friends uh, who ran an orphanage down the street from us, their church gave them a satellite. And, and that, you know, back in the 80s, that was a big thing. And, and they got a satellite, and we would go over there for a while. We went over there every day, and we would tune in to Christian. Uh, there was actually a Bible school that we'd go to. And, and they gave us all free books and everything because we were missionaries and cool. Anyway, <laughs> loved it. But, but it was like a lifeline that was cool. But even that experience, it was cool to share it with other people. We shared it with, with her name was Juanita, and, and uh, we'd go hang with Juanita, and we'd eat popcorn and watch TV, Christian TV. Anyway, it was cool. All right, so he says, We'd be no children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunningness, craftiness of deceiving, plotting, all that stuff. Says, but speaking the truth in love, you may grow up in all things into Him who's the head, even Christ, for who the whole body joined and and knitted together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working of every part, what that does its share causes growth for the body for the edifying of itself in love. This stuff takes place in a church. This is like family business. You know where you know where are you going to go? You have pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, and evangelists. Well, you're going to run into those people in the local church, okay? And, and God put these gifts in the church so that we could be equipped and that we could grow up. Um, that's the whole point. Church is a family. Church is a place where you grow. Church is a place where you get equipped. Church is a place that you run to when you're in trouble. And church is a place that is secure, all right? Amen. Good preaching. All right. Thank you. All right. These things take place as you plug in to the local church, as you plug in. You know, people, you talk about family, and people have all kinds of family experiences. Sometimes people have had dysfunctional families. I hope you know I'm not talking about church being a dysfunctional family. Okay, I'm talking about the definition we read in the beginning of this message, that it's a place that where we can bond and connect with each other. I, I preach this all the time. It comes out in just about every message that one of the greatest thing that we have is our connection with God, you know, and we should always go through life connected with him in whatever we face, that we don't face it alone, we face it connected with God. And, you know, like Paul said, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's great. 
Next to your connection with God, I'm telling you this, you need to stay connected with people. We need each other. Sometimes, you know, you know, people can feel isolated and alone. And I'm going to just tell you this, that sometimes you need to step out of your comfort zone. In Proverbs 18.24, the Proverbs, I think it was Solomon. There's a couple writers in Proverbs. Honestly, I didn't check, but I think it is. It says this, a man who has friends must be himself be friendly. Be friendly. And there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Isn't that a revelation? So I really would like some friends. Well, God says, here's how you do it. You be friendly. You be friendly. This is really deep, guys. This is deep. You want friends? You be friendly. We were on vacation the last 10 days, and we just got back yes, yesterday morning. And, and uh, we didn't do anything real, you know, didn't do a bunch of sightseeing. We've been to Portland a bunch of times, so we didn't really go out and see anything. We didn't even go to the shore this time, the, or to the coast. But, uh, but we just hung with, with the family. And uh, our daughter is a, a nanny. And so a few days we went to work with, with our daughter and hung out with the kids that she nannies. And we talked to these kids every day practically on, on FaceTime. And so we have this relationship with them. But well, one day we were there, we took the, the kids to the park. And the observation I had was, was how, how beautiful it is, how kids can just be so pure. And they can do stuff that we adults make hard. You know, sometimes we make things hard. You know, we could be standing in a room full of people and just be so isolated. Like, you ever sit in an elevator that goes up, you know, 14, 15 floors and you don't know the people in there? You know, you're afraid to burp or anything, you know? or You know? You don't want to say anything. So, so we're at the park, you know, and, and Casey, my daughter, nannies for these two girls, Ellie and, and Emerson. Emerson's like five and Ellie's two and a half. And our granddaughter's there who's, who's one. And, and, uh, but, but Emerson is just so hilarious, you know. She just, she does everything at the park. She does the, the monkey bar thing that, that I could do because my feet touch the ground. But her feet don't touch the ground and she can go through that whole thing five or six times in a row and, and doesn't even look like she's winded. So she's off doing these amazing things. She's very, very athletic. And, and this, this mother and, and her son come, and he's probably two and a half, maybe three. And, and, and he's like amazed at Emerson. You can tell he's looking at her like, wow, look at that girl. She can swing. She, does, she can do the monkey bars. She can do all these things. And you know, he had that look in his face. And, and Emerson just walks right up to him and says, hey, I bet you wish, or I bet you hope that when you're five like me, you can do all these things too. <laughs> I said, my goodness, I'm hoping I could do all those things. And she was trying to show him things. And, you know, and, and there was like no wall standing between her and, and, and this kid. She just, she just says, come on, let's go down the slide, you know. I thought, wow, I can learn from this girl, you know? And, and the parent, the mother was there, and, and, and just because of Emerson and her interactions with the kid, you know, it opened up the door for us to talk to the mom a little bit, you know, but, but we're more mainly talking about the kids, you know? But, but it's, like, it's like sometimes we need to break out of 
our shell and we need to reach out and be friendly. Be friendly. Uh, you know, Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you're not going to experience this kingdom stuff. And that's something kids do naturally is they just, they just are themselves. They just walk up and they connect with people. Hey, not such a bad idea. So, you know, reach out to the people around you. Here's another proverb I wanted to talk about today. Proverbs 27, verse 17. It says this. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. You guys ever read that verse before? Isn't that an amazing verse? Uh, that, that iron, just like iron sharpens iron, so will a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. So, you know, you're in church, you're in this family stuff, and, and, and uh, you get around people, and, 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 and sometimes, you know, you could say this. You could walk away and say, well, that person really rubbed me wrong. You know, they rubbed me the wrong way. And you know what one of these guys said one time, if, if, they're rubbing, if you're rubbing the cat the wrong way, you turn the cat around. Well, in this situation, yeah, you know, if you're petting the cat and you're petting, you know, against the grain, you need to turn the cat around so that you're petting them the right way, you know. But you see, in, in this situation, here's the revelation. You are the cat, okay? You're the cat. So you need to turn around. But, but actually, when, when, when iron is sharpening iron, you could have some sparks fly. But that's, that's how you sharpen. People that isolate themselves... And, and don't get around other people, become dull. Did you hear me? They become dull. Sharpening takes being around other people. And the problem is sometimes that, well, that person just rubbed me wrong. So what we do is we remove ourselves from relationship. That's not what God would intend. Are you hearing me this morning as I preach this good message? This is, in, this is incredible stuff. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you need to be around people that might even rub you wrong, but realize God could be showing you something. God could be working through that person. God will work through everybody. Say, God will work through me. Sometimes people have conflict, but instead of working through the conflict, they run from it, only to find they run into the same conflict again. You see, that's how life is. Life is full of tests. And I'm not bumming you out today, okay? The cool thing about life being full of tests is it's an open book test, okay? And, and you can always find answers to the tests you're going through in God's word. But, but as you go through life and you run into conflicts, don't run from conflicts, okay? But work things through. Work things through. Good sharpening will make you and I shine, okay? Dealing with conflict, dealing with people around you will allow God to work through you. All right, are you out there this morning? Let's see, I'm going to jump. 
Luke 17, we'll go there. He said to the disciples, now he in this verse is Jesus. Jesus said to the disciples, it's impossible that no offenses should come. Can you say impossible? impossible. I mean, that's not a verse you totally get excited about, you know? Yeah, offenses, they're going to come. Well, you know what? No matter where you are in life, if you're around people, you're going to have opportunities to be offended, okay? It's going to come. Jesus was just playing with the disciples. He was talking real to them. Um, he said, he goes on, he reads in verse 3, he says, Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, seven times in a day, returns to you saying, I repent, forgive him. Now, the apostles were no dummies. They heard the Lord saying this. I'm sure the more Jesus talked, I'm sure their jaws were dropping down, you know, going, oh, first he says, don't worry, guys. No matter what, you're going to get offended in life. They're going, oh. And he says, says now, if your brother offends you, you know, seven times in a day, you know, seven times, you know, re re forgive him and go on. And they're going, oh, no, Jesus, you're asking tough things. And they look at him and they finally said, Lord, increase our faith. Obviously, they felt this was too big a load to handle. Obviously, there were people that were rubbing them wrong. Probably people were even talking about the disciples running around with this crazy guy, Jesus, who talks to trees, raises people from the dead, feeds the multitudes, heals the sick. You know, there was probably people even, isn't it crazy when Jesus does these things that, that people would talk about it you'd think they'd rejoice you'd think wow how cool is that but people you know you follow Jesus life there were people that got offended by him he offended people every day it seemed like Pharisees religious people all these guys were getting all up in a wad about what Jesus was doing the apostles said to the Lord Lord if this is so if we're supposed to forgive people if we're supposed to to work through offenses he said they said you need to increase our faith and the Lord answered him and said, hey, if you've got faith, even as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So, you know, Jesus said, you know, don't, you know, don't go crying. Don't go into this place where there's no hope for me. He says, just stand up and use the faith you have. You know, and, and if offenses come, I, I do like what he says here. And, and whenever you're dealing with things as, as a Christian, Deal with them spiritually first, okay? I'm talking about you're going through a problem. Maybe you did come home from church one day and so-and-so rubbed you wrong, you know, dropped coffee on your shoe or something. Who knows what, you know? And whatever. I mean, anything can be a button. Do you know that? Anything can be a button. Most of the times when people are offended, the person that offended them maybe wasn't even trying to offend them. But, but something happened between what they did and by the time you received it, it got twisted in the air and the devil made it into this offense and it stabs your heart and you go, oh man, that really hit me wrong. Those words that came at me, they hit me wrong. Well, as a Christian, deal with things spiritually first. I'm not saying you don't ever deal with the natural things, but always deal with them spiritually first. And Jesus told them how to do that. He said, guys, be a forgiver. Be a forgiver. Don't, don't be someone who holds a grudge. And he says, really, this stuff with about offense is, is you've got to first line yourself the right way. Use your faith. 
Speak to that stuff. Speak to offense like it's, like it's a robber coming into your house to steal your goods and just say, no, I will not be offended. I command you to go from me. Jesus said if you just have faith like a mustard seed and speak to that thing, it would have to be uprooted and go from your life. Sometimes people have been offended and, and they'll, they'll live their whole life. Decades go by and they nurse a grudge. They pet that thing like it's their favorite dog. You can't, you can't pet a fence. You can't pet these kinds of things. You can't nurture these kinds of things. You need to command them to go from you. All right. You see, you don't command the people to go from you. You command this, this offense stuff to go. And then go to your brother or your sister, whoever it is, you know, and, and talk about it. Be open. Be open. Let God lead you. You know, um, Another place in Scripture, I didn't write it down. In fact, I read it last night. It was in Matthew 18. And Jesus said, you know, if, if things like that happen in the church, in the family, he said, you know, go deal with it yourself first with that person. And if that doesn't work, bring somebody with you. He didn't necessarily even say bring the pastor with you. He said bring one of the other folk in the group. Somebody else that you know. Go and, go and. What's the goal? The goal is to work things out. And to all of us, walk through it and be better. Something I've noticed is this. People that I've known for many years, in, you know, most people I know have been through churches. Um, I, I think of the last church Dane and I were in. And there's people that I, I know from that, that, that family that we worked through offenses. Believe it or not, people can even get offended at me. I've told jokes sometimes, <clears throat> and people have gotten offended. I've done, I just, being me, I can be offensive sometimes. I don't even try. <laughs> Everybody lit up, said, oh, yeah, I, I can relate. I know. But I've noticed this, that people that, that I've, I've gone through things with and we've worked them out, when we get through it and get to the other side of it, it's like there's a strength that wasn't there before. You know? It's like, wow, yeah, I like this. This is good. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think of it at the time, but as I look back at it, I go, wow. There's like a bond there that's like unbreakable now because we've worked through offense. Rather than run the other way and avoid people, we got together and we talked about it and we worked it through and it caused us to be stronger than we ever were. Do you think that's possible? Yeah. I think so too. Let me see if there's anything else. There's always more I could give you. Let me give you some questions and we'll, we'll close it up. One is this. Think about your life. In, in whose life can I be a strength this week? <clears throat> I want to continually be outward focused. It's healthy to look beyond yourself. It's healthy to look beyond yourself. It's healthy to look beyond your iPhone or whatever phone. Huh? Huh? My battery's going. Oh, no. Can life go on? Huh? Yeah, well, it's all right. It's okay. There's life beyond the iPhone. And it's not the Android. Oh. But... Um, Looking around my, my sphere of influence, who can I be a strength to this week? 
Who can I? Do you know you have a supply in you? Many times we can be unaware of it. Sometimes we, 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 we catch hold of the fact that I bring something to the table. But you do have a supply, and you can be a strength to somebody this week. Maybe it's even somebody that, you know, is you just run into on a regular basis through. Maybe it's the person at the coffee shop. I'm always at the coffee shop, you know. I connect with people. Maybe there's somebody there I can be a strength to. Number two is do you place a high value on the connection with God and our church family? Am I valuing the people around me? You know, am I valuing God in my life this week? And number three, <clears throat> are there people rubbing me the wrong way that I need to learn from? Ouch. Ooh, why'd you put that one in there? Ow. They're supposed to learn. Change out there. Oh, I mean, I got to change? Oh. I'm not saying you're always wrong. I'm not always wrong either. I'm just saying this. There's a right that you'll never discover if you're not meek and teachable and stay connected with people, okay? Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.